0: Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.
1: Sure Top Roofing presents the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach.
2: A little bit of the Scorpions, and welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show, post-hurricane. With us as usual, your host, Donnie Blanchard with Sure Top Roof, and how you doing, Donnie? Doing great today, how are you? Good, everything okay at your neck of the woods? We made it out okay, yes sir. I mean, You're kind of west of the triangle, though. We are, just a bit. Where my house is located in Wilson, so when Hurricane Dorian came through, the the big excitement was there was a tornado. No one was hurt. It was a few miles south of my house, but the alarms on your phone that let you know that there's an emergency or a weather emergency anyways went off. Two things happened. The alarm on the phone goes off, so my little girls who are 10 and 8 immediately start crying because they're worried there's something bad happening. My son hears it. Holds his phone up and says, there's a tornado warning. Can I go outside and look for it?
3: And <laughs> yeah, the differences between girls and boys.
2: And I noticed also coming into work on Friday, Donnie, I come up 264 to 64. Mm-hmm. I probably passed 100 plus utility and line trucks oh, yeah. heading to the beach. Some of them were from the state. Mm-hmm. And I noticed on some of the line trucks, I saw a Tennessee plate. And the weekend before when this storm was just coming towards uh, the United States, We went up to King's Dominion, and Mm -hmm. while we were about 10 minutes south of Richmond, dozens and dozens of power line trucks coming down from – Pennsylvania. I saw a couple from New York State. I mean,
3: mm-hmm. well, I had a different experience. I went and boarded a house up alone on Tuesday. A house that we were helping out with down in Topsail Island. And on the way back, it looked like a boat and golf cart show on the interstate. You know, everybody had pulled their uh, <laughs> pulled their luxury vehicles out of the uh, the coast in anticipation of the storm. But uh, yeah, I saw a lot of those lineman trucks, and thank God for those people. And and uh, that doesn't go unnoticed. It's really a, a nice thing to donate your time and energy and money and everything.
2: You can go to the website, the Carolina contractor.com to see what we've been talking about recently. Mentioned generators, perfect timing last week, mm-hmm. and also low-maintenance exterior products, building codes versus warranties, all that information at the TheCarolinaContractor.com. One thing we want to talk about today, especially after Hurricane Dorian has gone through, are some post-storm pointers, things you need to look for around your property and house after a hurricane comes through.
3: Well, we harp on this all the time, but inspect all four elevations of your house. People just don't look at their house enough until there's a reason to. So we recommend before a storm comes in and to photograph your house, take pictures of all four elevations, and that way you can go through, and if there's something hanging or dangling after a storm, it's kind of easy to identify that according to what the house looked like pre storm But A lot of folks don't know what kind of homeowner's insurance policy they have, especially if they've never had a claim before. But something that went into effect a few years back, insurance companies started incorporating these 1% and 2% deductibles. So instead of a nice clean $500 deductible on your claim, You know they go in and take your coverage A, which is the amount of homeowner's insurance you carry, and they take 1% or 2% of that, and they call that a wind and hail deductible. So in the event of a storm, your deductible will go up exponentially, and that's a big chunk, and especially if you're deciding if you want to file a claim or not, if you've got a $3,000 deductible and just a few missing shingles, it just doesn't make sense to have that claim on your record. Back when I was an insurance adjuster in my 20s, I didn't know this fact until then, but if you file a claim, even if you switch insurance companies, that claim follows for the rest of your life. So having as little of a claim history as possible will help you on your monthly premiums and and everything else in in terms of what kind of company will cover you in a certain situation. So Donnie,
2: the storm goes by, people want to know if their house, their roof is okay. What
3: are some things they need to look for well, any kind of raised or lifted shingles, if you don't feel comfortable getting up there, and most people don't, uh, I recommend getting a cheap pair of binoculars and, and taking mm-hmm. a look at something from the ground. Uh, it always helps when you're going to call an insurance claim in or call a roofer out if you can diagnose the problem somewhat so they know what to look for when they come out. But uh, there's missing shingles, and, of course, a hurricane will generate uh, wind damage, whereas a hailstorm is a different animal. But this hurricane generated several tornadoes that – that also spawn hail in, in certain areas so there was a little bit of everything with this one but uh, mainly after a windstorm you just want to see if any shingles are lifted or flapping or they look raised and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll flip back over if it's a three tab shingle and when it lays back down you can't see that there's any damage but that shingle is actually creased and when it's creased it's primed to let go in the next windstorm so uh, insurance companies count the creased shingles just like missing shingles because they're Are there things you can check from your attic from underneath then? Uh, You can. I always recommend sticking your head up there and looking around even if it's a storm or not. But um, not really anything you can see from wind damage other than water intrusion if that's the case.
2: All right. Now someone goes outside and they notice what looks to be more damage Mm -hmm. than, say, uh, shingles that got kind of dislodged. It actually looks like part of the roof, though there might not be sunlight coming through Mm -hmm. it part of the roof looks like it's damaged what's a step they should take
3: there well uh i recommend just taking photographs and a lot of times you can email us these photographs and we'll give you our recommendation whether or not that's claim worthy but um you know, call a local professional or call your insurance company for a a recommendation on a roofer or a contractor. And one of the criteria that insurance companies go by when they approve or deny a claim is if you have enough missing shingles. So they take the total roof area in terms of square footage and they do what they call a test square in some cases for a hailstorm, or they count the number of missing shingles in relation to that total square count on your roof. And one thing that, that usually is claim-worthy is if you have missing shingles on both sides of the roof. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times uh, if you don't have damage on, say, the back of your house, but the front has damage in several places, the insurance company won't replace the back. So if they won't cover the back, a lot of times that 1% or 2% deductible we mentioned – will be about the same as replacing just a single slope of your roof. So it's good to get an opinion before filing that claim because a lot of times we can just take a quick look at these and we say, hey, that's a $500 repair. You don't need to bother with filing a claim. And in that same way, we can take a look at the front and the back of the house, and if you have missing shingles and what we feel is a legitimate claim, we can advise you to go ahead and call that in.
2: We talked about this on Pasha's Donnie Hale. mm mm-hmm. If you notice other parts of your house or property that has hail damage, it's a good chance that your shingles have hail damage. Mm-hmm. Look at your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at your mailbox. That's it. If you have um, gutters, gutters if they have damage. But the average person cannot, even with binoculars, look at their roof and be able to tell if there's right. hail damage. So if someone had hail because of the storm, it's a good opportunity to call Sure Top Roofing to have them come out and look because what do you look for on a shingle that the average person can't tell is damaged it?
3: Well, they have something they call bruising, and uh, the bruising is basically where the shingle has endured the impact of a hail strike and it displaces those granules and People often think that the granules are on the roof are the watertight agent and it 's really the fiberglass mat under the granules. The granules are basically just a sunscreen for the fiberglass mat, and mm-hmm. of course that 's how they get the colors and and everything to show from the ground. but you can spot a bruise pretty easy if you know what you 're looking for one thing that 's often confusing is lichen or moss grows on a roof and when it lets go it leaves what looks like a perfect hail strike. In fact it's usually moss that has let go on the north side of the roof. With a hail strike, especially if it's one that will qualify you for a replacement, it's pretty clear cut. It looks like a polka dotted roof pretty much.
2: So if you suspect you had some sort of damage done to your roof because of this hurricane, we know out on the coast mm-hmm. it's really bad, but Even inland, there's smaller stuff that can lead to a long-term problem. Give Donnie and his staff a call. You can find their information on the website, suretoproofing.com. Another thing we're going to tie into this today is things you can do to get your house ready for fall and for winter so you can watch football and not have to do silly repairs and stuff. Now, some of this stuff on the fall checklist seems obvious, but there's some things that Donnie pointed out as we get down this list that I never thought about taking care of. Um. Start off with number one because the way you phrased it, Donnie was perfect.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I always, I always see, I always see these checklists online or what other folks recommend, and they're usually generic, run of the mill list. And right. you know, uh, I thought to myself, this is pretty boring. I'm going to walk around my house and see what I need to do personally. Well, maybe not this weekend, but when the weather breaks and we get a little cooler air, open your windows and open your doors and air out your stinking house. <laughs> and. You don't realize that the house has been shut up. You've been running this air condition. You're at the mercy of that filter in the air conditioner for your indoor air quality. And I just think people don't put enough emphasis on, you know, the quality of air that's in our house that we live in and sleep in every day. And uh, airing your house out for about two or three hours on a Saturday or Sunday will make a bigger difference than you think. And I recommend that everybody do that when the weather turns.
2: And I'm going to second that because a couple of weeks ago our upstairs AC unit went out. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's when the highs were like 95, uh, 98. Yeah. Luckily, most of the day you're at work or the kids were at school, Uh but you would come home and go upstairs, and the hot hanging air would not only grab you by the collar and slap you around, there was a unique smell there that you were almost embarrassed. Like, where did this come from? So we opened up the windows upstairs, put in some box fans, Mm -hmm. and the odd thing was, even though it was hot, I slept much better
3: that night. Yep. Stagnant and stink go hand in hand. (laughs) <laughs> just made that up. That's pretty good. I'd trademark that if I were you. <laughs> but, what else we got? Um, so on the outside of the house, of course, inspect your roof. Um, roof boots deteriorate. There, a lot of the older roof boots are rubber, and so of course that dry rots over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, flashing, you know, doesn't break down, but the caulking that goes around the flashing does. And as hot as it's been this summer, you know, I recommend you know just making sure that all of your flashings around chimneys or any kind of roof protrusions has been sealed up nicely. We always comment on this one, and this is generic, but service your HVAC unit. It doesn't cost very much, but uh, we're about to get into the winter time before we know it and I think that just servicing it after a hard summer like this and I know it's been running a lot is, is just a good idea. Change your filters. We always say that and I know that I mentioned on a show months and months ago that you can order your filters online if that right. works better for you, but we stopped doing that, and now I just buy three or four filters at a time, so I've got backups. And,
2: and there are also the filters that are metal that you can wash mm-hmm. out. I'm not a fan of them. Same here. I asked my HVAC guy, and his opinion was they didn't work as efficiently mm-hmm. as the old standard yep. filter, so He's right. to, each, to each their own if they yep. want to do that.
3: Uh, check all your smoke detectors and evaluate if you need a CO monitor. If you have any sort of combustible gas appliance or fixture in your house and you don't have a CO monitor, that's a really cheap thing that you need to put in uh right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh check the attic and the crawl space insulation. A lot of times with the humidity in the air will penetrate that crawl space, get into the insulation, and the insulation will start to sag and it's not doing its job if so. um, A chimney sweep, I can't put enough emphasis that if you're gonna use a chimney that hasn't had anything in there since last year, it's a really cheap thing to do. But call a local chimney sweep out, uh, clean your gutters. A lot of people say, well, do you guys do gutter cleaning? The answer, we don't do gutter cleaning. We do gutters and gutter guards. Um, but uh, when I looked into this about some sort of trick that there may be out there to clean a gutter, and, of course, somebody recommended using a kitchen spatula, and that fits the gutter trough <laughs> I profile. use a teenager. Yeah, te- exactly, exactly. <laughs> um I ran across something I thought was neat. The room of folks who make the little iRobot vacuums, actually have a gutter cleaning robot and it's around $300, but I thought that was a really neat thing until I read into it and the reviews aren't so great. So I think that technology still has a ways to go. Another thing you can do is clean and service your mower when you're finished mowing for the summer and uh, check your yard for proper drainage. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the proper or the building inspections department require you to have 10 feet in every direction around your house of positive drainage. And so if you notice that you have a drainage issue or you have standing water, like Eric mentioned a minute ago, um, now is the time to do something about that. After about December, we're going to get so much rain, and, and, and the conditions just aren't going to dry back out. So any kind of excavation work you need to do around your yard probably needs to happen in the next couple of months. Um, otherwise, you're going to be stuck waiting until after next spring to get those things done. Prune your plants back and, and poison your natural areas and driveways anywhere you don't want weeds. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe once or twice before it gets cold should do the trick. Winterize your sprinkler systems and your right. hose bibs, and that can probably wait a couple of months. But um, the one we have problems with at our house, is uh, the, the southwest facing hose bib and it's because our prominent wind direction comes from the southwest and so when we get the, the really cold days and then you couple that with the wind we had one hose bib freeze up and the other ones are kind of tucked around the corner so they don't get the same exposure to the wind and they've been okay but we still insulate all of them anyway pressure wash your house if you have yeah. vinyl siding especially you know it never hurts to go ahead and pressure wash it and clean up all the dust and all the accumulation that's been up in the boxing or overhangs something that I'm doing at my personal house is we have Brick veneer, and I am recaulking all of the exterior windows around my home. Uh, my house is around nine years old, and all the caulk is already starting to deteriorate. Not so much under the porch because it has more cover from the sun exposure, but everything, all the windows that are out in the sun. All day uh, long, those caulk beads are starting to fail. So Mm -hmm. vacuum your cobwebs. This is another personal. Vacuum those cobwebs out of the garage. And all of the little insects and things that are born and live through the summer often find a nice place to to check out in your garage. And, you know, just taking a vacuum cleaner and a ladder in the garage can make it look a lot better. It's like Um, a bug cemetery. It is. We recommend an energy audit. We talk about this all the time. But, you know, call an energy auditor out there. And this is a great time before it gets extremely cold to assess Where you may be able to improve your insulation value and, and what areas Mm -hmm. that can be done in. The last thing, it's really a home maintenance thing, but fire up your grill. I know I like to go to the grocery store on a Friday and I plan my meals out all the way till Monday morning and I don't Mm -hmm. have to leave my house if that's a possibility, but we've got great weather, football and TV, you know, just a lot more to do around the house. So there's nothing
2: like ribs for breakfast. Yeah,
3: exactly. exactly. So we that far
2: Real quick before we go to our our break, uh, Donnie, you're talking about thermal imaging and how you can
3: find spots mm-hmm. where heat's getting out of your house, right. and it's cheap to do this today. It is. I have one that's made for my iPhone, and I want to say I, I got it on sale, but it was about $75, mm-hmm. and it's a thermal imaging camera. It hooks right onto my iPhone, and it's not – the same quality as what you would get from a $10,000 thermal imaging camera. But, you know, 10 years ago, the basic thermal imaging camera was $2,500. Mm-hmm. So I think that $75 would be well spent. And as a matter of fact, if you find something that can be fixed that you didn't know about, that $75 will pay for itself really quick. Uh, the other thing, if you don't have the $75 for about 10 or $15 at Lowe's or Home Depot, they make these infrared like guns. Guns, exactly. And uh, you can use that. And say you have a room that's really cold. I would go to that room and I would you know, get a reading on the window and I would get a reading on the wall. Then what you want to do is go up to the ceiling and around the exterior of your house. If you shoot that ceiling and the middle of the ceiling and the exterior portion of the ceiling have different temperatures, it's probably telling you that your insulation has been compromised. Say the wind has blown your – you know, up through your overhangs and blown your insulation back towards the middle of the house. Mm -hmm. And and that happens more than people realize. But, you know, that just speeds up the heat transfer or the heat loss in the winter. And, And it's important to know that.
2: All right, a lot of these tips kind of uh, obvious, but you have a little list. You can find it at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. It's pretty easy for us to forget little stuff that can have a big impact before cold weather comes in. Speaking of thecarolinacontractor.com, we take questions there. Go to the website to submit your question about your house. doesn't have to be your roof. Donnie knows a lot about many things.
1: We're going to answer some of those next, so hang on. We'll be back with more The Carolina Contractor presented by Sure Top Roofing. Everything under your roof is
0: important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.
1: Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard, presented by SureTop Roofing
2: and it's our favorite time of the show answering questions you've submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com and if you have a question about your roof, Donnie from Suretop Roofing can definitely answer it, but Donnie is a renaissance man, he can answer questions about the inside of your house under your house, the sides alright, question number one submitted to Donnie was, we are planning on doing a new roof this fall, which Donnie said is a good time of year to do it, yep. we're fans of Radiant Barrier, but our attic is nearly impossible to retrofit from the inside could we do Radiant Barrier under the shingles.
3: No, you can't do radiant barrier under the shingles. Radiant barrier oftentimes is a vapor barrier as well. So it would be a big mistake to put that radiant barrier down on top of your plywood. And uh, oftentimes the underlayment that we use, it makes a concession so that the house can breathe. And uh, it doesn't sound like your house should be able to let condensation out in that same area, but there is a thing to trap in all that moisture in your attic that could cause mold problems. So radiant barrier is not intended to go under the shingles. And um, the way most people install radiant barrier is they tack it to the underside of the rafters in their attic. And what that does is as the heat transferred through the shingles, through the plywood and into the attic space, it traps that heat in the rafter cavity. We talk about passive ventilation all the time, and, and what that mm-hmm. passive ventilation is is when the air flow comes in through your soffits uh, or down at the overhang area and it travels up to the, the ridge and escapes out of a ridge vent this radiant barrier traps all that in the attic cavity so it gives it a nice channel to move from point a to point b and what makes uh, the radiant barrier work is that that space in that cavity so an airspace actually has an r value and we'll get into that with another question but um, radiant heat by definition is an electromagnetic radiation that travels in a wave form across a void so that void either an airspace or gas or a vacuum uh, that void is totally necessary for it to do its job if you put radiant barrier under shingles the shingles are in contact with that radiant barrier so the sun heats the shingles up the shingles heat the radiant barrier up the radiant barrier heats the plywood up and basically just defeats the purpose so you go from Uh, an airspace that would work well to conductive heat transfer, which is about the fastest way it can happen. So definitely not an option underneath the shingles. The one way you can make this happen if you have, say, a metal roof or if you want to rebuild a roof deck is you can put the radiant barrier down on top of the plywood. You can actually put 2 by 4s on top of that, top the 2 by 4s with new plywood. So you're basically resheating your entire roof to get an inch and a half airspace to make the radiant barrier hypothetically work up there if that is the only option in fact but you're talking you know a couple thousand dollars to resheat the roof and i'm not sure that the payback is there for what the radiant barrier will will save you you just
2: broke your pen didn't you (laughs) i did (laughs) donnie just broke his pen on the air it's kind of embarrassing all right we're talking about our value and as you uh Reference another question on a previous show Donnie mentioned certain R values for insulation. Does everything have an R value
3: in a house? It does. That was a great question, and I just never think to talk about it. But everything in your house uh, has an R value, and R value again is resistance to heat flow. So, you know, whether your house is gaining heat or losing heat, whichever you're going for, um, you know, everything has an R value that can be calculated. Uh, For instance, we talk about our wall cavity on a two-by-six exterior wall. We do one-inch of spray foam, and that's about an R7, and we put an R19 behind that. So we're getting as much as an R26 on our exterior walls on the house envelope. And some things we talk about all the time are windows. Windows have, a, a at best, about an R value of 3 so that's why when you see an HVAC guy, he normally puts his supply registers right in front of a window because that's the main area the heat transfer takes place. Right. Concrete block, for instance, you know, has an R value of one. Uh, plywood has an R value of one. Yeah. Asphalt shingles virtually have no R value, and I think it's point four four is what they say for that one. But um, that's what I thought it is. And with <laughs> with windows, you know, it's it's amazing. That windows up until fifteen years ago had an R value of about one or one and a half, and what, the way that they jumped that up to a three is, of course, they do the argon gas between the two panes, and they put a a low E coating, and you can't see the low E. I kind of refer to it as an invisible tint, but both of those will almost double the original R value that a window had, you know, 20 years ago. So those are big advancements that are important. One thing that I mentioned a second ago when we were talking about the rafter cavity is that that airspace actually has an R value, and I never thought about it that way, but... People refer to brick veneer as being a good insulator for your house. And a brick veneer always has a one inch airspace between the brick and the plywood on the exterior of the house. And I always thought that was if any moisture got back there and it does serve that purpose as well, but it will relieve any moisture that gets back there. And of course it makes its way down the wall and out the weep holes, but it also has uh, insulation value.
2: There you go. We're not only informational, we're educational here at the Carolina (laughs) contractor show. Next question for Donnie. We have a utility sink that we rarely use. And it has an awful odor. Can we do anything about that?
3: So I talked to these folks over the phone, and I did not go out to see this, but uh, my suspicion was that since they don't use the sink very much, the P-trap under the sink keeps water in it all the time. And if you don't use the sink very much, that water in the P-trap can evaporate. Well, what's on the other side of that is sewer gas. And so the P-trap is made not just to catch wedding rings when you drop them down the sink, but a P-trap is made uh, that when you turn that faucet off, uh, slight amount of water is in that p trap and and basically it 's a barrier between your septic system breathing back into the house and uh and what was going on is that, that exactly that their water in the p trap had evaporated, so I just told these folks to set yourself a reminder to to turn that sink on just for a couple of seconds. Uh, whenever you pass by and that should keep that from happening again. My kitchen sink sometimes gets an odor and it drives my wife crazy because we're always cooking meat on the weekends and, you know, when you're trimming your chicken up, if you got a little chicken fat that gets down in there or something, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll just kind of hang in that, on the bottom side of that drain and immediately now when I smell it, I know exactly what it is, but my wife says, Call the plumber. You know, we've got to take this whole sink apart and yeah. something's dead in there. And uh, I said, oh, sweetheart, I'm a plumber. Didn't you know that? You know, and uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, when she walks away, of course, I call the plumber like, hey, what can I do? And uh, anyway, the plumber tells me, he says, just boil a big pot of water and just try pouring that down the drain. And if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll come tomorrow. So, of course, I did that and it worked like a charm. No stinky sink.
2: Great advice right there. All right, another question submitted to thecarolinacontractor.com. We have someone designing our house, and we've incorporated some of the things you've talked about, like the conditioned crawl space and insulation package. Are there any tips you can give us on small stuff?
3: I thought it was very cool that they reached out to me during the design phase. A lot of times people call me when their plans are already set in stone. but. Mm-hmm. um one thing I mentioned to them is that you want to go with two by six exterior walls that adds 50% more insulation and it is just a no brainer. I don't want to go into uh the other options with the two by six exterior walls. But um if you get the architect to call that out, you know, a lot of that extra stuff can be done in the field on the fly. I recommend building a chase and you want, some place in your house where you have an interior wall, and uh, one thing we like to do is have an interior wall that lines up with the first and second floor, and we run as big of a pipe or as big of a conduit, say, four inches from the crawl space all the way to the attic, because as technology changes, you know, different things may be available in 20 years that we don't even know about right Mm -hmm. now, and if you ever have to come in under your house and you want access to the same thing on the first and second floor, that Cheap piece of PVC, you know, it'll be there forever. So you can you can do a lot with a four inch pipe. Grab bar blocking is mm-hmm. something that is a big deal. I used to be a big fan of just putting it everywhere, but it really cuts down on your insulation value when you've got these two by tens in the wall taking up space where insulation would go otherwise. But it's a a good thing to go in a bathroom and get a good feel for where your towel bars are going to be or say you're going to be 75 in 10 years and you may want to put a handicap bar somewhere in a bathroom or just something like that, and it's always good to plan what's going to be behind the sheetrock so you have something to anchor into. Take tons of pictures. When you're doing the home build and my favorite time – to go overboard is after the framing is complete, you have plumbing, mechanical, and electrical that follow. Once those inspections pass, you're going to insulate and drywall, so you'll never have another chance to see in through the walls. But I, uh, I always tell folks, you know, get a, a digital camera or use your phone. And take as many pictures as humanly possible because one day you're going to need to know what's behind that wall if there's a wire in that place. And if you want to hang something, it really cuts down on the chances of damaging anything.
2: Here's something I like to do at my house. This is personal preference. I'm not preaching. If I had a water leak and I had to cut out some drywall Mm -hmm. or fixing something, we write Bible verses on the um, studs and stuff. Yeah. And then seal it back up. So one way we like to say, hey, we've, we've got our house protected this way, too. But yeah. in the in the future, who knows? Someone's got to repair the same thing. They cut it open. They're going, hey, look at that. What really an interesting neat. thing to leave behind. So cool, yeah. Just yeah. one of the things we do. Well, if you have questions, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Donnie Blanchard with Sure Top Roofing answers them all. As you hear, sometimes he'll call you up, and sometimes he'll come out to your house and check your problem. I do want to stress, if you have any questions about the quality of your roof right now because of Hurricane Dorian, that might be especially if you see damage like shingles that are turned or something you're just not sure about. Or as we talked about at the beginning of the show, hail damage. If you had hail because of this hurricane, there's a very good chance you've had some damage to your shingles. And Donnie is a pro at being able to look at your roof and determine if you have damage. Visit suretoproofing.com and Donnie's staff will come out there and give you a free estimate. And like I said before, The best thing you can hear Donnie say when he comes out to your house is what? Your roof is
3: fine. Call me next year. All right. You have
2: questions, comments, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. I want to thank Donnie Blanchard, Sure Top Roofing, for being in again. And we will see you
1: next week. Thanks for listening to The Carolina Contractor, presented by Sure Top Roofing. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials, we protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again. Everything
0: under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers providing a 50-year non-pro rated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.